0: are listening to Pub Royalty Queen Podcast, a place to empower women of color in the music business.
1: Welcome to another episode of Pub Royalty Queen Podcast. This is your host, Janisha Jones, back with another special guest. Today we have Nisi Love. Nisi is Urban Marketing Coordinator for Interscope Records. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Nisi as we're both advocates of women of color in the music industry and attending music events that are geared towards women in music. She is a rising star and exudes big boss energy, so I knew I just had to have her on the show. So without further ado, welcome Nisi to Pub World to Clean Podcast. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I really appreciate you for joining and including your insight and helping other young women in the music industry learn what it takes to actually make it in this business. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. Tell us about your journey through the music industry and what roles led up to you becoming a marketing coordinator at Interstone.
0: Yeah, so I started off in the music industry at Reach Records, record label based in Atlanta, Georgia. There, honestly, that job kind of in my lap at the time, I was looking to work within production, but it was perfect timing. And I came in on like just starting off with like doing marketing management and like social media rollouts. I'm an event, like in helping with like event planning and all. But then at the time, there was a person that came in and left the company who was overseeing creative all. Photo and video production. And so I just kind of closed my mouth, don't get fed. I was like, can I help with this? And it was perfect because I was able to learn and like go forward and like just kind of get back into something I was always already passionate about, which was production. And so from then on, I was then promoted to marketing operations manager and was able to join my marketing like efforts and abilities. And then also was able to handle all production. And honestly, that was like a very big pivotal time because I, I think. Being a part of the visual aspect, along with the actual marketing aspect of like listening to the music and creating a marketing timeline showed how much like those intertwine with like making something come to life visually. So that was a really big, pivotal point starting off in the industry. And then from there, I moved to L.A. My mentor was starting a management company. He was a general manager at Red Light Management. And took Ooh. his clients, started his own, well, very well-known manager, Black man as well in the inter- entertainment industry. He had five clients, and he moved me and my previous colleague down to Los Angeles, where we managed five artists, just three of us, in yeah. a work space. And that was my first year in L.A. My goal was to move, even though I loved Atlanta so, so much, it was like, I felt like I was laying on glass ceiling. So I really wanted, all the companies, of course, were in New York or L.A., so... Getting to LA was a big accomplishment, a big goal, and under him and working with the artists that I got to work with, which were Emily King, Luke James, Michelle Williams Destiny's Child, Leon Thomas, and a few, uh, Corey Henry. There's a few others as well that we we were able to cultivate and be a part literally day by day of these artists' journey. Um, And I learned so much there as well, where I was able to oversee and coordinate and handle, manage or whatever you wanna title it, but booking and performances for Luke James. We did Dear Mama Together for VH1, the Mother's Day special. Um, I coordinated and oversaw um, his soul train performance uh, for BET. With uh, Ro James and the rest of our team with BET, and we also I also helped Michelle Williams do the mask singer. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, we also even had to wear masks like during her rehearsals and everything, like what? so nobody saw our faces. Like it was an <laughs> incredible experience all the way through so that was amazing to go through that with her as well essence festival and so much more so i got to see a lot of things back in and that was my favorite part about management so coming out of christian hip-hop to management which was more like an r&b space i'm now at interscope records where i joined them in the middle of the pandemic in may 2020 and my two years actually is next week so it's been crazy thank you and I actually saw the office for the first time last week so that was incredible like literally being at this company for two years and learning virtually was definitely an uphill battle but honestly we're making it through and honestly Mm -hmm. just looking forward to what's to come so yeah that's a little bit about my journey in the industry so far so that's
1: such a I mean honestly like to have the experience of working directly with the artist. I mean, that gives you a little bit more insight into their day-to-day, what their expectations and needs are, aside from just like the creative aspect of creating a campaign, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that's a valuable skill set to have. And I'm sure like you're building not only, you know, these artists, but your own reputation in the music industry because of your
0: likability
1: and sociability aspect to, you know, building those relationships. So And then on top of that, I know you mentioned that your mentor was a a Black man coming up in the industry as well. Talk a little bit about that in your mentorship. Like what mentors uh, have you had and what was their involvement in your development?
0: Well, yeah, it's I've had mentors of both men and women, but Jonathan Azu is his name. He was just such a pivotal like attribute still in my life as well. I think believed in me during a time where I was learning how to believe in myself and was able mm. to like call out things that I didn't even know I was good at at the time. And with his, even with his like busy schedule, like he always made time to like listen here when I was just learning and like failing, but feeling forward and like, just kind of like figuring it out. He was never afraid to tell me like being honest with me the moment, like, Hey, this should be like this or whatever. But once he, he also had the patience of like learning my everybody has different learning styles and he picked up on that and was very sensitive and I think that's one of the strongest attributes that he has is that he's really good with people and how people intake information. And I feel like when you understand each person receives and communicates differently, you learn their aspect and then that's how you build with them. And I think like that's something oh. I learned from him as well because um, he was really patient with me in that way and even with our artists, because all of our artists were all emotional, Creatives as right. they all are and so seeing how gentle and but also logistical he was with them like let's be real but I feel you like and that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I learned from him so he was definitely and still is I still get to work with him now he's now a manager for an artist I work coordinate for as well now at Interscope oh, wow. so, the full circle
1: right i um, so super grateful for him
0: <laughs> and how how much has he's been a part of my journey as well too so that's amazing. and I want to shout
1: out all the supportive men out there in the industry that see the potential in us and actually help us to rise to the occasion, help us to learn what we need to learn, to move forward in our careers and empower us to speak up and, and do what we need to do out here.
0: Yeah, and shout uh, out his company, Culture Collective. If you haven't heard about them, that you will. They have a roster of great artists, so definitely look out for them as well.
1: Amazing. So there are so many challenges that women of color face in the music industry. Uh, can you describe for us one challenge that you have had to overcome?
0: Yeah, there are plenty. I think one of the biggest things that I have had to overcome or still, you know, learning as well is that obviously this industry is extremely competitive and people are constantly artists, whether you work on the back end or executive coordinator assistant or artist yourself or you're more public. Or a manager, or whatever, there always are layers of comparing our works to someone else's and what everybody else is doing. And then obviously, social media is a big part of that. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I've uh, one of my favorite docu-series is The Defiant Ones with Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, their stories and how they've aligned through like It was so crazy because that was my favorite docu-series before even being at Interscope, but he said something there. He was like, if you ever watch a racehorse and they have blindfolds on and they can't see the next horse, the left or the right of them, but all they can do is focus ahead. They're not thinking about what's going around them. They're just, they're racing forward. And it's great to connect and build and like link with people to like grow together. but when it's your journey, it's your journey, interesting that. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've had that. to learn throughout this journey so far.
1: That is such a word, like being able to just stay focused and not be distracted by the things that are going on around you, or
0: mm-hmm. like that
1: comparing yourself to other people's journey. We all have our own journeys to live and our own lessons to learn. So yeah, that's such a weird, we don't know
0: what they went through. Yeah. So
1: exactly. We're all going through our own obstacles. I think that's part of the reason why having this podcast is so instrumental in helping people to build this camaraderie with one another because we do have shared experiences, but at the same time, we have some very unique things that have happened to us that we can offer and, and help to realize that we're all in this together. Right. <laughs> we're all going through something. And so just to create that sisterhood and that bond, camaraderie and understanding, I think is really important. Exactly. And that helps to eliminate a lot of that competitiveness too because um, yeah. we're taught to to compete against one another
0: yeah there's not
1: a, enough space for
0: everyone so right because as black women we i think we automatically sometimes have this like defense mechanism because we already think that someone's like trying to one-up us or like be against yeah. us. we constantly are having to fight against being belittled not only by other women but men other aspects when the world yeah. has our own like lives at home, like personal situations, friendships. So we're always like on defense about everything. And I feel like that's where we get this whole like black stereotype of being angry. Absolutely. But we have so much that we're fighting through every day. Like of course we're going to be a little uptight. But I think it's easier when you start to like at least let your guard down a little and try to build and connect with the next person and at least learn their experience and then also learn yeah. their experience to understand why they think and the way they do and why they move the way that they do and then have compassion within that too as well.
1: Perfectly said. I feel like that. I I just agree completely with what you just said (laughs) to add there. Like, what was your mama I made it moment? You know, the moment that you realized that you were headed in the right direction and what characteristics you attribute to having reached that point?
0: Honestly, I think that I'm still working through or would like to. I haven't reached that moment just yet, I believe. And I think that's only because. I think it's the Aries in me (laughs) you know there's always (laughs) something we're trying to accomplish and obtain and but I do I will say moving to LA and working at literally the number one label like that has even through the pandemic and how much we were able to uh, like achieve through the pandemic Mm -hmm. was incredible even like virtually I wasn't even in the office but like Knowing that I was in LA, and when as we're in here now, it's probably the first summer we've ever had like actually outside and like Yay. being work and do coffees and things like that. So I think that once things start to move a little bit more and kind of we get into a little more of a normalcy of actually like being rented, I think it it's all going to start like settling in for the most part. But so far, I'm just honestly just truly really grateful because my goal that. was to get to LA, being originally from LA and always wanting to come back, and then now I'm here and, and working in a field that I love so much. I think that is. That's rewarding in itself. Huge, so.
1: yeah. It's a feat. I mean, not everyone gets to move with their job.
0: You know? Yeah, and they're not
1: gets to come to LA with their job. So that's right, not a exactly. Everyone, so that's definitely a blessing and something extremely unique. And so, yeah, obviously be grateful for me. L.A. is one of those places where it's very easy to network and connect with people because everybody's trying to climb the ladder. Everybody's ambitious right. and trying to make something of themselves. So obviously that energy just kind of you feed off of that energy and helps them yeah. you as well. So, yeah, exactly. congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we don't get a chance to really like sit with the things that we've accomplished. Yeah. And we tend to minimize
0: those things. So yeah, maybe I'm minimalizing. Honestly, there's really, there's probably a list of things that I really, I think it's easier to point out the things that you want, like you're aspiring to grab to, but yeah, definitely. There's a lot that I've been able to really have my hands in on and like, like wow like watching like yeah. this and probably would have been probably the soul train awards like going back in mapping out the performance with the team wow. and then I like, see it performing like being second row I'm like wow like what this, this is crazy like the real moments the real moments like definitely so definitely looking forward to what's ahead in this next year there's a lot coming so oh, yeah. yeah I'm excited yeah it's
1: just the beginning I felt like I said you are a rising star you're like, very I wouldn't say you're at the very beginning of your career, but you're, you've are you already created a foundation for yourself. You're, you know, building your connections. You're going through a lot of the, you know, I guess now politics of the corporate world and stuff like yeah. that. But you're keeping your head on straight and you're focused, like you mentioned earlier. So I'm excited to see what else that comes from your uh, focus. So. Thank you. What advice would you give other aspiring women of color in the music industry? I would
0: say that our—I wouldn't—I guess I guess I don't know if this is corny to say—but <laughs> I think the biggest thing that separates us as women, especially women of color as well, we are like nurturers, like like a natural nurturers, and we're really good at listening and paying attention when something like something's off. And I yeah. feel like that's our superpower. And you know, we all have our mamas and our grandmas that like something doesn't feel right. Something's telling me. You know, la, 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 like, no, the, intuition like,
1: be the in.
0: intuition, like, we know. And I think that's a superpower that we have in seeing the bigger picture because, yeah. you know, working with other, and not saying that men don't see the bigger picture, women of other shades of color can't see the bigger picture. But I think that we just naturally have this, like, Aspect about us so when we can see like mm, let's sit back let's align it and mm-hmm. um, whereas things can seem a lot more logistical there's deadlines I mean you we both work in corporate spaces there's always yeah. like these like things and it's like okay let's sit back and like what is the purpose here and I think that that's like our superpower is like being able to listen learn and add that value and like okay what's the story we want to tell with this I think some of the greatest women in the industry. Have been able, like the Amber Grimes of the world and uh, Bozama Saint John, have been able to accomplish things in that aspect because they've been able to see the bigger picture and being able to tell a story outside of just the cars and the money and the things that come mm-hmm. with it, the, industry, the flashy things. Right, like, right. What's the bigger picture here? So I think that's something that we should always hone into, like listen to our gut, our intuition, and we're not crazy. Yeah. Adding some emotion to what we're talking about, like <laughs> let's not yeah. let's just put the plaques and what we can accomplish in just the Billboard charts. Like it's the numbers are there they all are proven facts that we're making yeah. progress but how are we connecting with our audience like how are we making an impact on people's lives that's what music is for you know connecting exactly. with it's the language that we all speak so i think that's And that's
1: such a point that like we drive the culture i feel like we do have this innate ability to be like you say visionaries People that, you know, could see have insight into the future and what's going to move the needle forward. And we tend to be the most dedicated. So that's yes, definitely on top of the innovation, on top of knowing the lingo and what's hot in the streets. And then the pressure of honestly sometimes I call I think it's performing, like the fact that we have to overachieve and overuse in order to to even get a little bit of recognition, I think is what drives us to create these things that other people. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, So yeah, just like in terms of advice for other women, I think the, the idea is just to like hone into that intuition. Like you said, trust your gut reaction, especially, I mean, we're women in a predominantly male dominated industry. So, you know, our opinions the way that we present ourselves is going to always be point of contention but you know as long as you're going in the room and knowing who you are and what you bring to the table I think most people will resonate with that and and see it through
0: so exactly
1: keep it pushing keep it pushing.
0: Right.
1: what are some common misconceptions that people have about women of color in the music industry
0: I would say definitely that we may be just like a little difficult or maybe entitled to mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. is like something's owed to us because the things we constantly struggle with and the ladders we constantly have to climb. But I think that's just more of like a passion that I think we just all have that we just want to be recognized, we want to be heard. And I think when people just try not to like automatically assume that it's like I'm being entitled, like, no, I just, I want to be here and I want to add value to the situation and like just you know be open to that. And I think that that's a misconception for most people, but I think when people are drawn to that like how you know my my mentor Jonathan Azu was able to see that passion and was like okay like let me I'm not going to be like I'm not saying he was or some other men or other people within certain workspaces can sometimes take that as intimidation or being intimidated, like, well, why does she feel like, you know, I'm like, no, like, right. <laughs> I'm just, I hear, I want to help, I want to help get us to the bigger point. And I, I may come off strong and very, like, I need, you need to hear what I'm saying, but like, hear what I'm saying and like, not... Right automatically just dismiss yes. it because it may not be how you're used to receiving and we may feel like we need to tone down our intellect or how we walk into a room or whatever like no I'm going to say um, because yes. you're saying how you want to say so I'm going yes. to be as I am like whether it may not be however you're used to <laughs> receiving this but exactly. we're here and that's that so and owning that,
1: that. that yeah I mean obviously there are those those tropes about women of color being aggressive or combative and anytime we are asking for something it's oh she's entitled or but here's the thing again it just goes back to like the work speaking for itself like
0: yeah I shouldn't have to (laughs) to. like I did (laughs) like like yeah but I think that's what I did you know you
1: You know know what what I I did did. no no no
0: yeah And I was going to say that goes back to like what we were saying before about another thing to take away that someone can learn another woman of color is that that's also our superpower is being you know passionate and seeing the bigger picture and speaking up, but like
1: yeah.
0: also not getting too caught up in speaking up too much that you do forget the work because then that right. you can always combat it with I was able to actually see how this grew from this and this really made an impact and this added value. And then there's really nothing that they can, you know, say yeah. they or argue with you. So and I think that's one of the things I've <laughs> had to learn. It's like, OK, I can talk. Let's also be about it and put in the work as well. And right. I think that'll speak for itself as well, too. So
1: absolutely. And, and for what it's worth, I, I do feel like black women or women of color do tend to do a lot more than is expected of them so that's the part that's kind of disheartening sometimes it's like when you are putting in the longer hours when you are like not getting any sleep because you're you're doing more work than your counterparts, or you're in places that people don't tend to be um mm-hmm. and so you can offer a different perspective than they can <clears throat> and then that not being recognized is you know frustrating
0: yeah yeah exactly Exactly. So
1: we have to learn to be empowered and step into our power. You know, be advocates for ourselves and say, hey, no, I take ownership of this thing that I did. And you wouldn't be able to do this if it were for me. So, it, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly.
0: Exactly. You
1: know I they feel were, like I'm I'm uh, speaking from experience here. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> like you feel it right here, HS, right here. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's why it's so important for companies like these major corporations to hire those who the audience they're trying to reach. Cause I think
1: yeah.
0: social media and people of audience like different are is so diverse now. So we have mm-hmm. to constantly hire people who are that. Can understand that audience that we're trying to reach. Like, it's exactly. not when if you're if you're trying to track, you're trying to grow something or anything without actually knowing or hearing from the voice themselves of people who actually fit that demographic that have experience. Exactly. That you know, and so that was hire. such a
1: diplomatic way to say. Why is the narrative not being driven by the people that's creating that
0: actually? Yeah, that actually are telling the story that are part of the story. Like, I, I, what does that even mean?
1: I feel like a lot of it plays into the fact that we don't, we allow culture vultures to come in and we don't really mm-hmm. take the ownership. We share everything. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, that's a good thing too. Like obviously mm-hmm. we want to share with the larger public about what it is that we offer and what's special about us. But at the same time, it's like, Dial some of it back. Like, don't give all the jewels out. They yeah, some for us. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know?
0: exactly. And I think that that's that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. that that goes back to just like people of color and us learning how to build internally and like creating platforms for ourselves, but also being able to learn and be educated and not just show the things that, the great rewards of all of our work, but also like building and learning aspects of like publishing and business and marketing and like the actual like knowledge in order to grow internally so that we don't have to share. We can do it ourselves. Yeah.
1: It It reminds me of the move
0: Black Panther
1: and it always bothers me. I know this is like tangent but in the movie what's the name of um the Black Panther's character oh my gosh Damn. I can't remember well, I
0: mean, we know Chadwick Boseman
1: yeah um, we know Chadwick or... but I can't think of the name T'Challa, is it
0: T'Challa? yeah T'Challa yes T'Challa. yeah okay yeah don't want to say he it was wrong in the
1: press conference it was like sharing all the resources I'm like then we learn, like not to. Like then we learn earlier yes, in that we should be doing that. Like yeah. I get it. I get it that we um uh, we're giving people and we're you know forgiving Too and,
0: sometimes.
1: But the you know some things we should hold dear to our and close to our own chests, just like other folks do. Like I don't know. That's just my so my
0: yeah. On it. I think that comes from also just us feeling like if we that's like our, almost sometimes our ticket in like waiting right. because yeah. hold those ropes or open those doors the, you know the, the gatekeepers are the ones that are looking for us to give them that information so like if I give it you know, I'll have a way and, that, and that's technically is true and that's just how this a lot of the systems are built and so yeah, I we think
1: we think of ourselves as the gatekeepers
0: yeah we there have there to like, we, what are like
1: that my angel. oh they're the gatekeepers no actually we are we're exactly the we're the gatekeepers <laughs>
0: i'm giving you the key to open it the next door you're trying to open anyway so let's, i have a
1: key to a door you didn't even know you didn't even know it was over there you didn't even, yeah. you didn't even look down that
0: hall because you weren't looking down that hall because that's not a, not a hall that you were thinking about going down because you weren't familiar with it but i know that hall because i that's my story and i was my yes people. Whatever that's my story.
1: Exactly. I think
0: yeah. I think it's we could talk about we could build a whole uh, oh, yeah. I don't know, like a not a thesis, but a <laughs> metaphor <laughs> off, of a, off of a house. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. So
1: yeah, girl, it goes deep. I mean the music industry is one of those places that's historically imbalanced, profitable off of the talents of people that look like us and isn't really an equitable space. So This is an opportunity for us to kind of voice those things and and take a stand and say, hey, actually, no, I know I got the sauce. Yeah. We have the sauce. Invest in us. So, all that to say, if you could have done anything differently in your career, uh, whether it was, uh, you know, mismanagement or being at the wrong place, like what would it have been? And what would you tell your younger self?
0: I would say, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned that I'm also like, have been able to grow in a lot lately as well as being more decisive about exactly the vision that I have or what it is exactly I want. There were times where I mm-hmm. felt like I spent a lot of time trying to. either was either people please or at that moment mm-hmm. it made the most sense. But yeah. there were like moments of my life where I took risks because I just like trusted um in that moment and it was like that gut feeling like just go with your gut that goes back to that point. And anytime I'm took that risk anything I was afraid to do I knew I was meant to do, and so I think that trying those things have helped elevate me to the next thing, but anytime that I questioned myself too much or and that would slow me to be decisive and then that was time wasted, so I think that's the biggest thing that I wish I could have like Done better in my past but mm-hmm. you learn from it and you know there's always time to move forward but then sometimes there always isn't time you know you have to act on it in that in that moment or you'll miss out on an opportunity so definitely learning yeah. what you want and if you aren't sure you know doing doing the research talking to people getting advice having mentors to feed you and just like constantly doing whatever there are times where i'm like i don't, I don't know if you have those moments where i'm like i don't even want to listen to any music I don't even want to hear anything. Up. I don't even want to talk to anything. I just yeah. want to like sit here, but I don't know what I want to do, but I feel like I need to do something. I started filling up that time listening to podcasts, <laughs> oh, we are yeah, like, you know, yeah. so <laughs> listening to podcasts, like things that I could learn from on different topics. Yeah, definitely. Can, like just continue to feed myself and finding ways and that way I could learn mm-hmm. ways to fill up that time. And then that mm-hmm. has also helped me be more decisive because they may speak on experience they have, but, you know, that I'm Mm -hmm. resonating with and things Mm like that so that'll probably be the main well I
1: understand I feel like one of that's the main thing that I hear over and over again is like man I've been gas gaslighting myself or I just I waited too long or I wish that I had really just believed in myself and yeah or like there's so many things that I feel like we do that prevent us from reaching our target but the thing is like like to our point earlier it's about the journey so even that's part
0: of the journey it's <laughs> like even the so flow
1: cute. the the hills and the valleys it's all part of the, the process of getting to where you need to be so exactly i feel like a lot of people will, will relate to what you said and yeah girl like podcasting but meditating, meditating you know yeah. just reaching out to people and checking in on people like yeah. that's huge i feel like this is part of the reason why the camaraderie and the sisterhood is such a huge thing too because now you feel like you have someone you can lean on Mm -hmm. if you're going through something who understands what you're going through or just a listening ear someone who has some experience that can lend some advice like those are pivotal things to get us to feel back in that headspace of i've got this i can handle this
0: right exactly because sometimes you spend too much time with yourself and you're into your own thoughts you get caught up in your own world because that's easy for me to do yeah I can't really be in my own world good or bad and i think that when you start to let me just go hang out with a friend let me get some lunch let me get out just kind of get in your own world then you start to get a different perspective from someone else's point of view or also, you someone may be going through something that may realize, okay, I may not have it as bad as I thought I did, or maybe just something I can encourage. Oh them. Like honestly, there's been times where I felt so hope, like felt like, oh my god, like what is happening, and I felt so discouraged. Mm-hmm. And then I'm realizing, oh my friend is going through the same thing. Like let's help mm-hmm. each other, or mm-hmm. you just put yourself in different situations. So definitely a lot of that, and then also piggybacking off of like wasted time and sometimes we can be perfectionist I know I can that so then I'm not acting on something because it's not like this yet or it's not like mm-hmm. you know whatever and then that's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of time wasted and feeling undeserving and I feeling like I was even though I put all this time into it and it's like in my face like I didn't deserve mm-hmm. that because I messed up here and I didn't do that. Or I feel like that whole imposter syndrome starts. Right. Like, no. Like, oh,
1: man. You do that's deserve this. Thing. It's in
0: your face. It's all good. Take it in. It's okay to be okay. Yes. You Celebrate yourself. Like Yes.
1: You know, and we're all human. I mean, yeah. we all make mistakes. That doesn't take away from our accomplishments at all. In fact, that's okay. what builds character. So, yeah. I mean, imperfection is imperfection is actually something that we should embrace yes (laughs) because that's what gives us our unique abilities so I really appreciate you sharing all of that because I feel like a lot of women are going through that where they feel like man I don't deserve what I received I don't get I don't deserve the recognition I don't deserve the accolades I'm shy about receiving compliments and stuff like that it's like no like you did the work yeah yeah so take it the good and the bad you know what I mean Exactly. So, how can I know we talked about this a little bit already, but how can women of color advocate for one another? And in which ways do you advocate for women of color in the industry?
0: Well, I think that the biggest thing that we could do more, like we said before, is reaching out more and and networking across. One Mm -hmm. of the greatest things that Issa Ray has shared with all of us is like networking across and not focusing so much up. And then also, like, sharing what you've learned with someone that is going through something or like, you know, maybe they just became an assistant somewhere at a job and you had already had the experience pouring Mm -hmm. that back into them. But then also there's a lot that you can learn from them as well and not just saying, oh I'm just going to give you all of this and and just thinking that mm-hmm. they're just learning from you you also can learn from them like what are they listening to what what what's going on because each generation like is the next you know yes. main you know space and so I think that's the biggest point of like even just linking across but then also lifting like you know pulling up and like figuring out how yes. well you can you know learn from each other in that way
1: difficult um, energy and bouncing ideas exactly each other
0: that's- Exactly. And like we said before, all of us, especially women of color, we come with so many different personalities. Like
1: some Mm -hmm. are really
0: strong, some are reserved, some are Mm -hmm. more like carefree, some are more very cookie cutter, you know, we all come in like different personalities, but just when we learn and understand each other's like upbringings and backgrounds, the reason why people respond the way that they do and just Mm -hmm. have compassion within that. And then I think that'll make it easier for us to like really work together yes. because there has been times I'm like, I felt like I connected more with these group of guys and I felt with these group of girls because I'm like, why does it feel like this, this like defense? Like, why do I feel like mm. I have to, you know, change how I'm feeling or I have to make them feel like either they're better than me so I can feel more comfortable or I have to dim mm. my light or anything like that to feel like, you know, I've felt that way so many times. And it, it makes, I've come to learn that I'm like, no, I'm not. I've spent too much time dimming yeah. my light. Other people feel comfortable, and that that's not happening. Right? Like, you know, no, you, have, you to, have to
1: show up as yourself authentically. As like,
0: as yourself. that's yeah. the thing that
1: actually attracts people to you is when you show up, standing in your light. Like, yeah, don't ever dim your light for people. And that is a, I think that comes from insecurity when mm-hmm. women place that kind of energy onto you. Like, you walk into a room. You looking cute. You know what you're talking about. You work in the room. You know what I mean? And then it's mm-hmm. intimidating or they feel insecure about themselves because they see something in you that they envy or want for themselves. No. now, exactly. <laughs> now I, I reach across the aisle too, like, hey, I see if I see someone that's like in the corner or you know, not talking to anyone or kind of like side eyeing me, i kill them with kindness.
0: Yeah, kill them with kindness. So exactly. Exactly, but at the same time, don't let the kindness fool you, because you know we can have a conversation. <laughs> it's all good. We have we have, we can be able to reason and figure yes. out what's going on as well, because you also don't want to be. That could be. I've always come off as very, you know, sweet and, and kind, yeah. to help everyone, but I also don't take that as weakness as well too, because we can also, exactly. you know, build together. Let's not rub off each other in the wrong way, you know, initially. So I think it's always about right. like, how we, how me and you met, it was like initial like connection and it was just like, okay, yeah. like we have these stories and they come to find out we have so much in common. And so I think you just listen, learn and, you know, go from there. So definitely.
1: That's the authentic way to to build. Yeah. I think you start to get to know somebody, and and you realize that you have a lot more in common than you have not in common. So exactly. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you again for being on the show. I know you have a busy schedule and you're out there doing your thing. So again, just very grateful for you. And you have such a br- bright light. I can't wait to see what you do in the future. So tell us what you're excited about, what you're working on at the moment that uh gets you geared going.
0: Yeah, so currently I'm working across multiple projects for an artist named Genevieve. She's mm. up developing, super excited about her. She has a deluxe dropping this Friday, April 29th. And I'll pop that. Um, yes. Um, mm-hmm. so she released Division, I think, um, last fall. So that was mm-hmm. this will be the deluxe version. Um, of course, I work on projects across Benny Blanco and Kim Carson and Playboy Cardi and many more at camp. There's several, Amalu, Ray. There's a lot of different artists and wow. things like that that I'm really, really excited about. Ryan Trey is another developing act that we're working on as well. But he's from St. Louis, so I am also went to school in the Midwest. So really excited about him, you know, branching out of that area as well, too. So some of the those are some of the projects that I'm working across right now that been able to add some value to as well and some projects for the next couple of months. And then also I have acapella creative, which is where I also video edit and photography. I love t- storytelling. So some, every blue moon, I do it just for fun, but I also mm-hmm. love to edit and, you know, open to showing up and doing work events and just pulling out my camera, get my camera is like my best friend. So I also <laughs> love that creative side as well too. So anywhere, anybody needing any, any editing or photography as well too. Um, that's something and
1: that right. as well on that note. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you?
0: So I am also on Instagram, of course, my favorite one out of all the platforms. <laughs> Instagram is anisi love underscore. And then I'm also on Twitter, which is Nisi Love underscore as well. So both are the, the main two platforms I'm usually on. We're gravitating to TikTok. We will we will be more active on there as well. <laughs> but IG is definitely um, where I'm at the most. So
1: awesome. Well again, Nisi, I really appreciate you. And until next.
0: Until next time, thank you so much for having me and looking forward to seeing uh, what's all to come with this podcast as well. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Remember, stay positive, inspired, and true to yourself. Go out there and kill it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Pub Royalty Queen Podcast.